screen, but I just want to read Luke chapter 23. Actually read the text um, of the crucifixion of Jesus. It won't be on the screen, so you'll need your phones and Bibles. My apologies for that. Or you can just listen, and that's fine as well. Luke chapter 23, verse 26. As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon of Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say, Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us and to the hills, cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others, let him save himself. If he is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining. And the curtain of the temple was torn into two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, I commit uh, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. And we'll finish there. In the end, everybody dies. The rich, the poor, the healthy, the unhealthy, the single, the married. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter about your background doesn't matter about your ethnicity. Our reality is this. We cannot escape the reality of death. In the Christian calendar, Good Friday is the day that we remember the death of Jesus Christ. And what's interesting is um, in our calendar, there is no individual death 
that is remembered in this manner across the globe. There is no one single death that has been recorded that caused so much controversy and so much chatter. What was it that made the death of Jesus so unique and also so important? There are two things that we want to look at today. Firstly, he died a sinner's death and yet he was innocent. Jesus was crucified, meaning he was nailed to a wooden cross and left there till he died. Now, this is a form of, of capital punishment uh, in the Roman Empire, uh, and, and this was a form of capital punishment that was reserved only for the worst criminals. So capital punishment, you know, in our day would be I don't even know what they are these days. Shooting, hanging, lethal injection. But why the crucifix was the worst was it was the one that was created to inflict the most pain before the person was to die. Um, Sometimes people would be on the cross for two to three days feeling this pain. And I'm not going to go into... Um, where the pain, why it was so painful. Surely most of you have already read about this, but it, it, was, it was really reserved for the worst criminals. And so what we see is Jesus is arrested, and, and, and we sort of skip this part of the story where he, they have the Last Supper, and then he's, he goes to pray, um, and, and then he gets arrested, and then, and then, he, and then he gets beaten, and, and he's absolutely treated like this criminal. And so they take him to court before a Roman judge. But, but the funny thing is they take him to court. And, and this Roman judge, after listening to all these arguments about why Jesus has been brought here, this is what he says in Luke 23 verse 4. Then Pilate, and that's the judge, announced to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no basis for a charge against this man. And once again, in verse 22, for the third time he spoke to them, why? What crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty, therefore I will have him punished and then released. Jesus died a sinner's death. He died. He was was put on the cross as if he was a, a, a guilty criminal. And yet he had no sin. He was innocent. So that's the first thing we need to understand. He died a sinner's death, and yet he was innocent. The second thing that is extraordinary about the death of Jesus is that he willingly died. How many people willingly die? You know, we we live in a society where death is like the ultimate enemy. We do everything and anything to avoid death. You know, there's not many people in our world that would be happy to go to their grave. And yet we see Jesus in uh, Luke 22, verse 39 to 42, when he's praying. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, 
if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours. The night before he was taken and crucified, he says to God, if there's another way, let it be. But if this is the only way, I'm happy to go. Jesus was willing and willingly went to his death. How many innocent people died as if they were guilty? And how many people willingly went to their grave? Two very unique elements of the death of Jesus. But the question we need to see is this. Why? Why did an innocent man die a sinner's death? And why was Jesus willing to be obedient to God to the point of death? And it comes down to who Jesus is. Number one, Jesus is righteous. In Old Testament law, if you broke the law because God was just and true, he needed to demonstrate that justice. Genesis 18.25, Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? That's who God is. He is so perfect and he's so righteous that he must punish injustice. He must punish sin. The penalty must be paid. And what's that penalty? Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. The consequence for your sin, my sin, and the, the rebellion of humanity against God is not just a fine or a slap on the wrist. It's actually death. Jesus dies on the cross to pay that price of sin. Not his sin, because he had no sin, but because of our sin, the sins of man. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See, what we need to understand is that that death penalty was for us. It's for our sin. And yet Jesus takes the fall on behalf of us. Galatians 3.13 Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming, uh, by becoming a curse for us. For he is risen cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. Jesus was the one that was hung on a pole. Jesus was the one who died on the cross to uphold the law of God. That's how righteous he was. And he paid the price so that we, even though we were sinful, that he paid the price for us so that when God looked at us, he wouldn't see our sin. He wouldn't see our imperfection. He wouldn't see your bad attitude and your bad behavior, but he would see the blood of Christ that covers each and every one of us. Suddenly, we were made right with God. We became righteous, not because of what we did, but because of what Jesus did for us. Justice was served. The price was paid, but not by the one who sinned, but the one who was sinless, so that we, the sinful one, may live. 1 Peter 3.18 summarizes this. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God, to bring you to God, 
He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Why did Jesus, the innocent man, die a guilty death? So that he could make the unrighteous righteous. But secondly, why did Jesus willingly die? Why would he willingly do that? It's because God is love and Jesus is love. Jesus dies on the cross to make the unrighteous righteous. And he dies on the cross willingly because he was motivated out of love. Romans 5, 6 and 8. You see it at just the right time when we were still powerless. Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What makes Jesus stand out is the love that he had for humanity, the love that he had for his people, and the extent of this love. John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. The willingness of Jesus to die on the cross. You know, sometimes we think about the word sacrifice. You know, and, and, and Jesus dies on the cross and he sacrificed himself for you and for me. But we have to understand, there's a, you know there are certain words where there's just levels? You know, love is one of those words. I love you. That word love has so many different levels. You know, when I say to my wife, I love you, and when I say to chocolate ice cream, I love you, not you, you I love chocolate ice cream, same word, but it just means something different. And I think the word sacrifice is the same thing. You know, I sacrifice my time to help my neighbor mow their lawn is different to the idea that I sacrifice my life so that someone else may live. We're not talking about when Jesus, his willingness to sacrifice himself is not a small feat. And, and, and out of all the things that, that through Passion Week, that um, just through the readings and, and, and the study and the reflection, um, for some reason this year, that's where I got stuck. I got stuck on that word sacrifice. Like, Yes, Jesus loved me so much that he died on the cross. And the word sacrifice just kept, kept coming back. He sacrificed himself, meaning he gave himself up. And it's like, why would he do that? Why would he do that? Like, I know me, right? I know how wretched I am. I know how sinful I am. I know how jacked up I am. And yet he would sacrifice not just his time or his energy or his money, but he would sacrifice his life for me? Why would he do that? And the only conclusion that it comes down to is that it's because he loves me. And you know what? To be frankly honest, I don't understand that completely. I don't understand how he could love me so much that he would die for me. 
Like the closest that I get to that is to when I think of my family, my wife, my kids. And I started thinking how, you know, I love them. How far would I go? What would be considered a sacrifice? And I really wondered, right? And, and this is not a reflection of my kids or my wife, but I, I thought, would I be able to lay down my life for them? Like, do I not treasure my life? And would I be able to do that? And, and honestly, and, you know, hand on heart, like, my answer is I wish, I, I hope that I, if, if the, you know, if it came to that point, right, I would be able to do that, you know? But it's one of those things, it's sort of like, could I? Because it's such a weird concept. And so when we, are, when, we, when we think about the cross, it's not that, oh, could Jesus die for me because he loved me? It's Jesus died for me because he loved me. It actually happened. It's not a question of could he or would he or should he. He did. Because he loves you. You know, over the last three months, we've been in the Gospel of Luke, and we've been studying the life of Jesus through the lens of Luke, and, and, and the whole, the, the big sort of statement, the series has been, there's, there's something about Jesus, and that's the big thing, there's something about Jesus. Like right from the beginning, right, his miraculous birth, and now we see his death that impacted humanity. We see that there is no one like Jesus, the innocent Son of God who would die for the sins of the world, for your sin and mine, so that we could be made right with God again. Something that you and I could never achieve on our own. Our good works are not even close to the perfection of God. And so Jesus, he becomes that perfect sacrifice for us. So that even though we were still sinners because of his death, we've been made right with God. We are made righteous. And he did all this, not because he would gain anything, but he did it because he loves us and he loves you. And he chose to go all the way to the cross for you. What's crazy about Jesus is there is no one that is more powerful than Jesus. There's no one that has more authority than Jesus, and yet there is no one that is more loving as Jesus. And this is what makes Jesus so different from anyone else in the world, any figure in the world. His perfect righteousness and his unconditional love. And this is what we remember on Good Friday. So today, as we remember the death of Jesus... I want to leave you with this challenge. On Sunday, I said there's a difference between knowing that Jesus is a king and knowing that Jesus is your king. And in the same way, there's a difference between Jesus, the idea that Jesus can make humanity right with God and that Jesus can make you right with God. There's a difference between Jesus loves the world and Jesus loves you. Why? Because it's personal. 
So many times we hear sermons and we hear talks and we, we consider the, the theology or we, we consider the theory of what's being said or what's being read. But you've got to understand, friends, that this is God's story and, and you're a part of it. This is a real-life story. This is as real as it gets. He made you right with God because he loves you. There's no one that's going to love you more than Jesus loves you. So in a moment, we're going to take communion. The bread that represents the body of Christ that was broken on the cross. The wine that represents the blood of Christ that was shed on the cross. But this morning on this Good Friday, as we take communion, I want you to be reminded that all of this, all of Good Friday, all of his pain and suffering, his whole life of ministry leading to this point, he did it for you. So why don't we take a moment to pray and reflect and then we'll take communion together. Let's all take some time to pray. Let's close our eyes in prayer.